the opening words of the Gospel of John are some of the most recognizable. In the beginning was the Word. In the beginning was the Word. At the very beginning of time, God knew it was important that he communicated a message. The story is told of a missionary uh, who was having a meeting with a, a tribal chief. He hoped to get permission from the chief to teach the tribe how to read and write. The chief is unconvinced of these scratches on a piece of paper. What possible use could they have? The missionary asks the chief to tell him something that the missionary doesn't know. And the chief tells him, my wife's mother died in the autumn. The missionary writes on a piece of paper and then walks to his colleague some distance away and without speaking to him, hands to him the piece of paper which his colleague looks at. And the colleague then in the distance shouts back to the chief, sorry for your loss, that you have lost your wife's mother. The chief is stunned and amazed. Why? Well, that, that truth could travel through space and time and come to another person. That was nothing short of miraculous in his mind. We have got used to the miracle of the written word. But let me awaken you to it once again as we read together this Gospel of John. And do bring your Bibles out this morning. Uh, help me with the heavy lifting. The subject is the meaning of life. It is heavy. So I need you to help me with this heavy lifting this morning. This truth that we find in this passage of Scripture has traveled through space and time. It was in the mind of John, an observer of the Lord Jesus Christ, and now these observations and truths will be in our hearts and in our minds. This truth has traveled from the Holy Land from 2,000 years ago. John saw the light. The light was Jesus. And now as we come to this text of Scripture, we can see the light. And in seeing the light, as it says in verse 7, we can believe. John knew Jesus and came to realize who Jesus is. That is God in the flesh in verse 14. He saw the glory of Jesus and now as we read his words we can see Jesus' glory too. In the beginning was the word. God is a God who desires to communicate with the people who live on this earth. Why? Because he has a longing in his heart for us. 
And as we come to wrestle with the meaning of life, isn't it good to know that the search is not just on our side? That as we search for the meaning of life, God is searching for us. He has a deep longing. Let me tell you something about the Gospel of John. It differs from the other three Gospels because, as you'll see here, John makes a commentary of the events in Jesus' life in a way that the other gospel writers don't. He analyzes and writes down points of truth. And it's got more, it's halfway between uh, the gospels of the three before, because it it does record the events of Jesus' life, but it then is a bridge into the epistles because it's in the epistles that we understand much of the meaning and the theology of Jesus' life. Let's tackle verse 1. I like the way John eases into his book. The first verse is 17 words, and it's like falling into the deep end of a swimming pool. In the beginning was the Word, And the word was with God, and the word was God. What a beginning. What's the word? How can the word be God and be with God at the same time? Verse 14 tells us, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. The word is Jesus. The message from God is Jesus. From the beginning of time, from the beginning of time, God knew that his son would become his message to the world. Now that's some longing in God's heart for us, not yet created, not yet in existence, that he planned before the beginning of time, that Jesus would be his message to the world. Jesus was at the beginning of the universe. Only God is at the beginning. But Jesus is God. Jesus was with God and Jesus is God. This is the mystery of the doctrine of the Trinity. Uh, One and three at the same time. And we've attempted to explain that mystery, but never completely. Here in Ireland, we love the little illustration of a shamrock. What way does a a three-part shamrock differ from a three-leaf clover? Well, a clover is three leaves, but a shamrock is one leaf in three parts. Another illustration is that of water. Water can be ice, or it can be liquid, or it can be vapor. Uh, But the truth is, none of these illustrations completely are able to grasp the whole doctrine of the Trinity. Jesus made the world. Only God can make the world. But it says here, Jesus made the world. If we want to take away only one thing from the Gospel of John, this is what John wants it to be. He wants it to be the truth that Jesus is God, but also that he is a message from God so that we might 
nolen meaning of life. And I've yet to prove to you this morning that that's what John is saying to us in this opening passage of Scripture. Um, I know Christmas time is a time for watching movies. Uh, you've probably all seen in the past that movie Avatar. Uh, it ends with this shiny tree and beautiful music and inspired faces looking at it all to impress upon us that the actors are in the presence of meaning. But the cold reality of discovering the meaning of life is that we discover, if we are to discover it, in the midst of life. In the midst of war and famine and poverty and persecution and darkness. We are to discover the meaning of life in the midst of darkness. That's the first thing that we start to note in the opening words of the Gospel of John. This use of the term darkness. There are four things that John wants us to know. But the way he teaches us is, first of all, to tell us four no's. And in telling us the four no's, he is also telling us that they become four yeses in Jesus. So let's take a wee moment just to see what those four no's are. Verse 5. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. This is John writing his book, looking back at the life of Jesus, how people responded to Jesus. He knows Jesus to be the light, but he also sees that the darkness has not understood the light. Now, how can darkness understand anything unless what John is speaking of here is the darkness that is in human hearts? But we notice in verse 4 that while he's talking of darkness not understanding it, he's also saying that the light has come. In him was life, and that life was the light of man. The light shines in the darkness. So there's a negative, there's a no, but there's also a yes in Jesus. Verse 10. It's the second no. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. That's a, another negative. He was not recognized. But the point is this, the positive in this, the yes in this was that he was in the world. The darkness does not understand, but Jesus is a light. The world does not recognize, but Jesus came. Verse 11. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. This is speaking specifically of the Jewish people who were the precursor, the preparation for the coming of Jesus. But they did not receive him. So that's the third no. But then we see the third yes. Yet, in verse 12, yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become the children of God. 
For every no, there's a yes in Jesus. And there's one more no in verse, uh, in verse 18. No one has ever seen God. But God, the one and only, who is at the Father's side, has made him known. No one has ever seen God. That's the fourth negative, the fourth no. But it's in Jesus, the one who is God and is also at the Father's side, has made God known. The yes is in Jesus. So let's briefly this morning look at each of these four verses. The darkness has not understood it. Why did Jesus come? Verse 5 and verse 4. So that we understand. Just as I can strike a match to lighten the darkness, so we can all bring light to this world. Through showing a little bit of love. By sharing a little bit of wisdom. By taking a stand for what is right. But Jesus is different. So many people today huddle around faint glimmers of light, world religions, educated insight, compassionate celebrities. Is this what Jesus is? Just another candle blowing in the wind? No, in verse 8, John says that he is the light. He himself was not the light. That's that's John the Baptist. He came only as a witness to the light. Jesus is the light. The meaning of life is not a philosophy. It's not a formula. It's not a number. It's a person. It's Jesus. Let me address some of the people here. You will know who you are. What is the problem of darkness? The problem of darkness is that you can't see. Now, you, like me, will have a problem of dirtiness in your life. That's sin. But for now, the issue is darkness. You have been created to have fellowship with God and notice, God has a longing for you. But in darkness, you can't see God. You have been made with a soul. You are a spiritual being. But you have no understanding of God. There may be a great deal of darkness in the world. But for now, that should not concern you. Your concern should be for the darkness that is within you. The darkness that does not understand. A darkness that prevents you being a whole person. A person who is body, mind, and soul. But the good news is that Jesus came to be the light. To, to shine into your life and drive the darkness away and bring your soul alive in a relationship with God. You see, the preacher doesn't preach 
to see you in form. The preacher preaches to see you transformed. To go from a state of unbelief to a state of belief. Verse 7, he came as a witness to testify concerning that light so that through him all men might believe. The meaning of life is Jesus and the understanding that we need to come to is that. So that's the first thing. Jesus is the light to our darkness. Secondly, Jesus came so that we can recognize God. John tells us that the world did not recognize him. But that's why Jesus came. Jesus turns a no into a yes. As we turn the pages of the Gospel of John and read of this Jesus living his life once again before us, notice that when Jesus became a friend of sinners, it was God becoming a friend of sinners. When Jesus wept, it was God weeping. When Jesus washed the disciples' feet, it was God washing the disciples' feet. When followers turned their backs on Jesus, it was God on whom they were turning their backs. When Jesus challenged the religious leaders, it was God challenging them. When Jesus hung on the cross, it was God hanging on the cross. They came, but they... He came, but they did not recognize him. I have no doubt that Jesus speaks to us many times a day, and we don't see it. In creation, in conversation, in coincidence, in our conscience, as the maker of this world, Jesus is not short of the tools of communication, yet through spiritual deafness we do not hear the voice of God. But as we gather here this morning, the word of the Apostle John comes to us and we can have no doubt we are not deaf, we are not blinded. Here in this word, we see Jesus and Jesus is God. Like a distant object on the road, at first just a moving stick, then a person, then someone whom we greet and know. So with Jesus Perhaps at first a dim and distant historical character vaguely remembered from Sunday school or from scraps of biblical facts. But through these words of the Apostle John, we come to know Jesus is the Son of God and God. And he is the message of God. He is God speaking to us so that we can know the meaning of our lives. Do we choose to stay in darkness? Or do we choose to recognize the Jesus that comes to us through space and time through these words this morning? The third yes we find in Jesus 
is in verse 11 where it tells us that here we will receive him. His own did not receive him, but we will receive him. Now, this is serious. Do you really want Jesus in your life? Will God not just get in the way? You know, even those of us who are professing Christians sometimes don't want God that close in our lives. Sometimes we would just like to settle for a ticket to heaven full stop. So it should not surprise us that these Israelites didn't recognize Jesus. But if we are to receive him, a person who receives Jesus, it's just the same as opening the door of your home and welcoming a visitor in. It's opening the door of your life and welcoming Jesus in. When a person receives Jesus, they are a changed person, a different person, a new person. Instead of being a child of this world, instead of being a child of this generation, you become a child of God. Verse 12 if you want to consult it, speaks of that. Instead of being a child of a family circle, you are a child of the family of God. Verse 13 speaks of that. Instead of being a child of your parents, you are a child of God. Again, verse 13 speaks of this. The point of reference as to who you are as a person changes when you receive Jesus. You are first and foremost a child of God, and all else is secondary. This is the meaning of life. And the fourth yes of Jesus is so that those who have never seen God can know God. This Gospel of John is not a book of regulation, it's a book of revelation. God is awesome, yet knowable because of Jesus. Knowing God is meeting with a person. The success of knowing God is not intellect, it's intimacy. In Jesus, God took on a shape and form, especially for us. Why? So that we can know God. What is the point of coming to church Sunday after Sunday? To give your suit an airing? Is it a habit? Church, Sunday lunch, snooze. Or is it to know God? And the wonderful thing is, as I try to turn your attention to, to this need that you have to open your eyes, the, the wonderful thing is, is that the longing of God's heart is for you to know him. That's the story of the prodigal son. As the prodigal son comes back, what happens? The father is rushing to meet him. The longing of the son is to come back, but the longing of the father is to be reunited. And the longing of God's heart is for you to know him.
the meaning of life is for you to know him. Knowing God pushes back the darkness. Through Jesus, the light comes in to our eyes and our eyes are opened and the longing of our heart is satisfied when we receive Jesus, when we welcome him, when we open the door and bring him in. The meaning of life. The meaning of life is not number 42. The meaning of life is Jesus. And whatever the question is, the answer is in him. Let us pray. Gracious and loving Heavenly Father, we have been reading your word together and we pray that that word will stay in our hearts for the rest of the day. And in response to what we have heard and what we know ourselves to be, let us begin anew. Let us offer ourselves to him and in offering ourselves to him may we receive him into our lives. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.